So, human listeners, the last two episodes have been really well received, not only by those who wrote or talked to us with their faces and gave us feedback, but also in the number of listens. We're super grateful to have you as an audience, and we hope you'll keep on spreading the word. We'd love to get some reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or... Tune in. Tune in. If you get a few minutes while you're lying around digesting your turkey this week. We'd prefer iTunes, but we know there's a lot of Android fans out there who don't use it. I suppose that by the time this episode comes out, the turkey will be over. You could have weekend turkey. Leftover turkey. It doesn't... It's not the same. I think this is a good time to point out that if you didn't notice from our Twitter already, I do get in trouble from time to time from our producer. Who also gets in trouble from one of the co-hosts who also does the web stuff. Co-host isn't as good of a title as producer. Well, I think I need to produce a podcast. I think I need a better... (laughs) Wow. I think I need a better title, though. Like CEO. We have to have a company in order to have a CEO. Okay. So that that could be your. We mission. don't have to have a company for my title to be queen. Nope, it's true. Okay. Do it. I'm the queen of the podcast. Okay. Starting right now, I just okay. promoted myself. Yeah, that works. Anyway, I get in trouble from time to time, and it's usually because I went took us off topic, mm-hmm. or talked to the guest too long. So when we had Joseph over, I got into trouble for having the episode run over by about 15 minutes. So when we had Joseph in, I was doing research for the Encore Careers episode and the Core Values episode. And I found some interesting crossover. And uh, we ended up talking in overtime to Joseph and to EJ. So for both Mm -hmm. the Encore Careers and the Core Values episodes. Uh, And the tape we got turned out to be interesting to put together for the discussion today. So there. Most of us have no impact on the creation of core values at the companies we work at. It was interesting to hear EJ Joseph and you and your takes on the creation of those core values. But for people who aren't involved in that process, the best we can do is to find companies that match our focus and our core values and and try to match their core values. And then hope for the best while like, trying to align to those. One of the things you can do, though, while you're at a company or when you're looking at a prospective company is you can choose how to interpret and enact those values on a day-to-day basis. And focusing on the values of your company can be a way to show you're connected to that company's fabric and can help land that next big job that you've got your eye on. What if you don't want to land another job? What if you just want to do good in your current job? Can help. It usually can help you do good on your in your current job. Okay. Usually the values aren't sit around and be rude to people. So they're generally just sort of good rules <laughs> to mm-hmm. to use in your daily interactions mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So no no harm no foul. What if you don't understand them? Ask. I mean some of the biggest wow, I didn't even know anyone cared moments I've ever received were when I was like, I don't really know what this value means. Do you? And it was to like a manager. Where did you do that? Uh, I think that was at Best Buy. Oh, what were you asking about? Do you remember? I think it was the learn from challenge and change value. And I was like, sure, that's cool. But what exactly 
does that mean for the majority of us here? What does it mean? To me, it usually meant things are on a day-to-day basis is challenging. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't change when you go to work. It's still there. Mm -hmm. So when you learn from the challenges you face and the changes that you go through, which I'm not entirely certain they did, but (laughs) when you do, you're able to bring forward your next day a little bit more. Why should you even give shit about your core values at a company? Can you think of any reasons why you should even care what they are, let alone actually do anything with them? Well, why do you think? One of the biggest reasons why I do is that they're a reflection of who I'm being at that moment. I can't interpret those core values the same as anyone else can. I can go, oh, okay, that's what you want that to mean. I'll just do that then. But if I'm reading it, I'm reading it through the filter of my life experiences, and I'm coming up with a different answer than what you would or what anyone else would. So by taking that core value and interpreting it myself, I'm bringing forward that part of me. And adding to the culture. Right. I think you should give shits about your core values as a company because the core values are who you stand for when you Mm -hmm. interact with each other and Mm -hmm. kind of your guiding principles for how you behave to each other at work. So I guess they just become reminders of how to be, to help each other. If you think about it, even though you can't usually (laughs) be a part of writing the core values, you do have a choice to align to them or not. That's a choice that you have. And that's again on a daily basis. You can say, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. That's a choice that you have in front of you. You can also choose how you align to them. Like we were talking about before, they're not usually set in a way where you have to do all of these things. And it's very clear, you know, our core value is always shaking someone's hand with the right hand. That's not what they are. They're, They're something that you interpret. I think handshaking falls under etiquette. Yeah, that's that's more of an etiquette thing than a core value. They're a reflection of at least what your leadership team wants your company to become, if not what it is right now. Mm -hmm. You can choose every hour of every day that you spend at work to be a part of those values or not. The values themselves don't have any power just sitting there on a page. Yeah, that came up a lot in our discussion with EJ in episode six. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back uh, for a couple minutes to episode four, the episode with Joseph Patini, if that's okay. okay. Sure. In this clip we're about to play, I had just finished going through a list of common stereotypes against older workers. And if you didn't listen to that episode yet, here's the list. They're more likely to be burned out because they've already been working for presumably a long time. They're resistant to technology. They need time off due to illness. They're poor at working with younger coworkers, and they are resistant to travel. And in the research that we uncovered, a lot of that turned out to be completely off base. So I wanted to go also with Joseph into a little bit about all the great things that older workers actually do bring to the table. So um, we go into that in this clip. And in the process, we got into the fact that core values are far more motivating to them than to their younger colleagues. So here's the clip. There are all these stereotypes and assumptions that companies make about older workers. And when you actually go in and 
and do the research find that it's just BS. But what they actually found is that the older workers have um, better organizational and writing skills. They have stronger, um, more seasoned leadership skills. Not just good communication and solid communication, but more influential communication skills. They're better at problem solving because they have more experience. They have more confidence in general. They're more well-rounded. But the thing that I thought was really interesting, that older workers are actually way more motivated by the vision and mission and the values of the company that they're working for and uh, thinking about how they can make a contribution back to the community through the work they do and the purpose of their work. So this Encore organization is all about that. That's the whole thing is um, helping people get reconnected to or connected for the first time uh, to their their purpose and be and finding a company to work with that shares their values. So did you come across that? Right after I came into this company, they embarked on a three month long the one you're at now redefinition of their core values. Okay. Both for the people in my job category and there are a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what makes that business move. And for the company as a whole. So I jumped instantly into this pool of people, some of whom had a long history and some of whom were as new as me. We're saying, all right, what's important about what we're trying to accomplish here? And so, I mean, I thought it was really exciting and exhilarating to have the chance to do that and to feel like I was participating in that rather than stepping into something that was predefined. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of that core values exercise, did the needle really move from where it had been (laughs) before I got there? In some ways, yeah, in some ways, not so much because that industry is that industry. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about graphic arts here. There, as long as people are printing on paper, the ultimate deliverables are gonna be pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But how you get there and what the company's level of integrity and respect for its employees and communication and all of that, those are, the intangibles that you can work on. Is that the first time you were part of actually helping create what the core values were for an organization? On that level, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me uh, in the last couple of years, and it was super cool. Mm-hmm. But then I felt guilty for all the new people that started that the core values we made up. They're great. They're amazing, and I totally believe in them, but nobody else got to experience that after us. Well, but that's part of the thing is... You guys were the ones that kind of set that pace. Yeah. Or maybe the people who came before you or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean... It, and it was just so fun that say, I want everybody to do it. Yeah. But they're there to say, this is the way this ship gets steered. I think that there's something great about the idea of coming into a company that's just gone through that and done their laundry. Mm-hmm. and had that level of introspection as long as the people that were already there when you got there are modeling those values. Sure. Mm-hmm. If someone hands you you know, a laminated card and said, here are our core values, 
and you look around and you don't see that in action anywhere, well then that's... It doesn't mean anything. What, kind of what I got at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, as you kids would say, that's a major disconnect. Yeah, we say that all the time. Yes, we do. Man, I just disconnected that's all over disconnect. that. That's a disconnect. So. Where's the disconnect? <laughs> It's interesting to hear Joseph's experience of going through the creation of core values at his company, uh, which is really similar to what EJ and I discussed in episode six. When we asked EJ if he acknowledges uh, that he does care more about the core values as he has gotten older, he said that he does for sure, but that it seemed uh, much more about his tenure at a place and his personal investment in the company that motivates him to embody the values. That's not exactly how you ask that question. Uh, I fucked up the question <laughs> pretty greatly. <laughs> it was it was highly entertaining, and I hope you enjoy this upcoming segment. Yeah, and I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> Here's the clip. <clears throat> Do you want me to read it? Can I read my own question? <laughs> this one. Do you find out? <laughs> so which one is this? I this think is, it's really do you find out when you are older because you care more when you are older or because you get promoted and just have more visibility into how the company is actually run? I think I care both. <laughs> you know, I think I care <laughs> both because I'm older. <laughs> but seriously, no, I... There's like, a, do you see what I'm trying I to I do. Ask? I got you. I got you. I'll try and answer it. I care more... Because I'm older is a true statement. Like, that is, period. Yeah. That, that is a true statement. I also care the longer I'm in a position and have the opportunity to grow in a position at a company. Like, mm -hmm. those, are, those are both true. How old I am physically and how old I am in the company are both reasons that I would care more. Right. Um, I don't think it has a lot to do with the level that mm -hmm. I'm at in the organization. See, I totally think it does. Because I can think of places where I didn't really it was a I don't know what I don't know kind mm -hmm. of a deal and I can think of a place I've been since I actually don't mm -hmm. know that many of the places values but where as I got promoted and had more visibility into how the company was actually being run and tried to reconcile that with what they said was important to them I was like that doesn't match well I think you cared the same your visibility into what was actually going on changed your perspective on the values. And instead of... It made it not okay for me to stay. Right. Because then I knew. Because you were like, yeah. there, this is not actually values aligned. And I was able to ignore from it. From the top down. I was able to ignore it and just focus on my little part of the world yeah. mm -hmm. before I got promoted and had visibility yeah. into what other people were doing. I think... Like with EJ, I don't think it's level dependent. When I went to Code 42, I went there because I wanted to work there and I wanted to be aligned with their values. So I started at day one in tier one support, kind of mailroom level mm -hmm. <laughs> entry. And, and I cared from day one. It isn't exactly mailroom. It's more like tier two at other places. But anyway, it was at the starting rung of software support there. And I cared from like day one and wanted to do the best job I could, mm -hmm. wanted to work for this company and cared about their values right mm -hmm. from the get go. Yeah, I would, I, those two perspectives both resonate, I think. 
You don't have to say that to be nice. I'm not. You don't. <laughs> I'm saying it because I, I grasp them. Um, what I think I feel, though, is when I'm part of an organization, I seek out the ability to make change, hmm. and that tends to come with a promotional path. So right. I think it's a consequence of what I want to do and not necessarily vice versa. You know, I'm not getting a promotion because of my capability and then starting to care. I think it's, I care a lot about making a difference in the organization and that can manifest, that can, it doesn't always, but it can manifest as uh, perhaps a promotional opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that too. Yeah. I think what happened to me at the last place we worked was I felt aligned with your values as EJ and I knew that they didn't match the company's values. And you were like a life preserver that I was clinging to. And then you left and I was like, uh, I'm, now I'm sinking. There's no, there's nobody here left to be aligned to. Mm-hmm. So I think that happens too, where mm-hmm. uh, you get in this situation where you have something movable mm-hmm. <laughs> that you align with then you're out of luck mm-hmm. if that thing moves, mm-hmm. person. Does it seem like core values is very low on the list of reasons people say that they're miserable in a job and very high on the list of reasons people say that they are happy in a job? You know, I, first of all, I feel like that's a leading question. I'm sorry. It's okay, though. That's how I wrote it. I appreciate it. At least it's grammatically... Correct. <laughs> readable. (laughs) I would say that that can be true. I feel like if you talk to somebody and said, why do you hate your job? They wouldn't say, well, first of all, we have these four company values and I'm not in alignment with, I I feel like they would would hate their boss or they Mm -hmm. don't like the direction the company's going or whatever. And I think conversely, the reasons why people enjoy their work has a lot to do with the team of people that they're with. And it has a lot to do with their ability to be engaged in the day to day. You know, there are accountants that love their jobs, not because of the core values of the company. And there are, you know, people who, uh, creative directors who love their jobs, not because of the core values. But I do feel like a company that has a strong set of core values, especially with the incubation set of people as they grow, has a culture that attracts the right people later on. So is it more important for attracting people? I think perhaps yeah. or establishing the tone and the, the tenor of the people that are in the company as it grows. You know, because you think of like go-kart three or four generations down the road now from our current employee base. Um, assuming that we continue with the due diligence, the care and our hiring and we're, our commitment to our core values and the purpose and mission and vision of our organization, those will be the right people, but four generations down the road, they may not be as inspired specifically because of the core values. They may just be inspired because of the people and the company and the mission and the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it might be a little bit of... Um, That's probably true because we also... <clears throat> uh, we have extended our core values not just to ourselves, but to our clients. Right. So we look for clients that share our values now, which is... I've never even heard of this before. Yeah, so it could be, I mean, it, it, it'll become part of the DNA. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. and this is probably for another podcast, but <laughs> introduces all kinds of problems when you talk about scaling as an organization and opening mm-hmm. up other offices because how do you transfer that DNA, that organic well, adoption of. Well, obviously, you carve it on tablets. And, yeah. and descend from the mountain. You them. could put it and on a marble right. wall. You could cut. Yeah. Um, in with metal letters true
so this last point about making the core values part of the DNA of the organization, I think really gets at the heart of why we wanted to carve out a part two and share it out with you. Uh, we heard three examples of how companies went about creating core values and all had varying degrees of impact or resonance coming out the other side of that. And what it says to us is that it really matters how the values are articulated, as EJ mentions. Um, and the suggestion from the book Traction by Gino Wickham is that the core values are actually already there. And your job is to put language around those behaviors that make your culture strong. Uh, this might mean that you hire a consultant to interview your team and define them for you, or it might mean that you choose to have an open dialogue with your teams and work on it together. But the really, really, really big question is, once you have your core values, then what? And we got some comments from listeners over the last week, which was great, uh, about how Owner, as owners of small businesses, it was really helpful for them to hear this conversation. Mm -hmm. Small businesses is interesting because we've been talking about some pretty big organizations so far. Mm -hmm. And I was glad to see uh, small business owners piping up on our Facebook page because as I was trying to think through all of the jobs that I had had and whether I knew the core values at the time that I worked there, a lot of the places that I've worked are small businesses or family-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And we had values but they weren't formally stated right. within the company. So there were, there were there were guiding principles that were kind of unspoken and unwritten. Right, yeah. So again, to the point of your core values are, are how you act to each other and they're already there. Whether you capture them on paper or not, they're part of your culture. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to hear small businesses being interested in how these things are established more formally. So we wanted to... Um, put this episode together to dig into that just a little bit more. I went actually back into Gino. I think I said Wickham before, but his last name is Wickman. And he wrote the book Traction, and um, we keep referencing it, but two of the stories that we heard in episode six from EJ and I uh, were using that same process to get at their core values. And Gino's advice for afterwards and how to actually implement them and and spread them through your company is to do three things to build that up and to help your teams adopt the language. So mm -hmm. I'll talk about those three things. The first one is to hire people using the values. And that means in order to do that, you have to get really good at talking about them authentically. I think that if you cannot speak authentically about the values, then you haven't practiced enough. And I don't mean to sound like you should recite them or do a dress rehearsal. What I mean is that the organization really just needs to practice using them day to day, not against mm -hmm. each other, but for each other, and to help each other learn the contextual application of the values. Once you get comfortable with that, it becomes a natural progression to speak about the company's values to new candidates in the interviewing process. Sure. The second thing is to actually do performance reviews for people using the values. I've been doing this at my work, uh, doing peer reviews for people for almost two years and it's really difficult. Hmm. And it's difficult. Have you had to do it before? For peer reviews. There Certainly. you go. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. peer reviews. It's difficult because you want to give actionable and really specific feedback to people. And so often you find gray area in really aspirational values. Mm-hmm. So what we ended up doing is creating some bullet points that articulate some of the ways that the employee could demonstrate those values and mm. included that in the 
the review documentation so we could reference it. So just examples, not like yeah, do one of these things. <laughs> no, not okay. like a not like a checklist. The way you embody the values is kind of it depends on your role mm-hmm. and how you do your work. Uh, and I think that if you're if you really understand the values, you'll you'll figure out a way to live into them. So it wasn't a checklist. It was it was more of a these are some of the things that you can watch for that you can talk about so that you're giving still specific feedback. Cool. The third thing is to share stories at company meetings about the values have been lived into. Hmm. And the advice is to share specific examples or share examples of how specific people demonstrated them in their day-to-day work. Mm-hmm. So this is different from the performance reviews because it's speaking out loud to each other. You know, most people, ideally, most people won't read each other's performance reviews. Mm-hmm. You might contribute to one, but never see, unless you're their boss, never see the whole complete review. So it's important to have it be part of the dialogue and just the, the day-to-day conversation. And Gino's advice is to do it quarterly, but I think it should be done every single day. That's a lot of feedback. I see your quarterly schedule and and crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's not i think if your culture is embracing the values and Mm -hmm. and incorporating them into normal language authentically it it's not a lot of feedback okay we do it i want to say monthly our ceo talks about people who have done that okay you don't talk about it more often than that no i feel like i hear things about the core values several times a day you guys hang around <clears throat> the water cooler and like, man, Ella really nailed that core value of blank. Kind of. Really? It sounds... That's kind of fun. It I mean, sounds weird, but we do. Like when we'll... Uh, what we'll would it be? So like if, if the Kool-Aid at Apple is apple juice and the Kool-Aid everywhere else is just Kool-Aid, what would it be at go-kart? Like drinking the motor oil? What? <laughs> Um, we have a beer fridge. <clears throat> no. Okay. So one of our values is pursuit of clarity. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> are you laughing at yourself yeah. about the Kool-Aid? Yeah. Cause that wasn't that funny. Drinking the motor oil. Nobody drinks motor oil. <laughs> That's not even a joke. <clears throat> one of our core values is pursuit of clarity. So we just say clarity a lot. If you're trying to explain something to me mm-hmm. and I say, I'm just trying to get to clarity. So I have these questions. Mm-hmm. It just comes up like just little reminders like that where yeah. it's not weird. It's not. It's, just, it's more subtle. And than it's not robotic. Like I am in pursuit of clarity and I am <laughs> trying to clarify this question. Hey, show of hands, you guys. Who's in a pursuit of clarity right now? Right now. now. <laughs> it's not like that. Okay. When you first said that, I was worried, but I'm we're glad dorks, you clarified but we're that. not robots. Yeah. How about that? You're not robotic dorks. We're professional humans. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. That's all I had to say. Okay. No, that was great. That was a good discussion. Okay. Um, so listeners, maybe you can write in to us and let us know what you're working on in your small businesses because we'd love to hear about it. And if you even want to come on the show and talk to everybody about it, you just let us know. And we're going to have a link, because we were talking about it 90,000 times, to the ebook of Traction on our web post for this episode. Yep, on our website. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. 
as always, share, like, please write us a review on iTunes if you're an iTunesian. One of our core values on this podcast is not begging. It's not begging. It's requesting feedback. Confidently requesting feedback. Confidence. What? That's like your clarity thing. Confidence. No, that's not one of them. <laughs> Confidently requesting feedback isn't one of our core values. Maybe. Maybe it is actually because that's yeah. the thing we've done the most. Yep. So. Uh, Are you going to tell us to have a professional week now? No. Why would I do that? You that's do it every week. core value. You do it every week. Have a professional week. Thanks, guys. Get us out of here. <laughs>